You are listening to episode six of the Student Motivation Nation podcast. Let's learn something. Welcome to Student Motivation Nation, where we take psychological research out of the lab and into your classroom. And now your host, Melissa Feasting. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode six of the Student Motivation Nation podcast. I am so happy to be seeing you today, although I guess I'm not seeing you. Today, we're going to be continuing our theme this month of your students' goals for why it is that they believe that they are sitting in your class and trying to work hard. And today, we're going to be focusing away from last week's episode of performance goals and be talking about instead learning goals. Now, these are the goals of wanting to understand the material and learn it. Students who endorse learning goals for their achievement behaviors are working on your class because they really want to understand and learn the material. That's their goal. Instead of saying, hey, I want to make sure that I am better than my sister or better than my brother in this course, or I want to make sure that my parents don't get mad at me for getting a bad grade in this course. Students with learning goals, they really want to learn and understand whatever it is that you are teaching them. Why are learning goals important in the classroom? Obviously, they're important for a lot of reasons. But importantly to us is that learning goals are associated with increased motivation and interest, and particularly intrinsic motivation and interest. So students with learning goals are more likely to persist on difficult academic tasks. They're more likely to report that they're highly involved in whatever it is that they're studying in your course. They're more likely to put in higher degrees of effort into your course. And they're also more likely to persist even when a task is challenging or difficult. These are all great things, but even on the more concrete side of things, research suggests that students with learning goals engage in deeper processing. They are taking in the information that you are teaching them in a lot deeper and meaningful way. And it also can increase their ability to understand what you are teaching them and also increase their ability to remember and recall what you are teaching them. Learning goals are really cool because they really foster all these processes that are the hallmarks of motivation and interest in whatever it is you are teaching. To summarize a lot of research, the more that your students view the purpose for their learning as wanting to really understand and learn the material, the more motivated they will be. This month, we're going to be talking a lot about ways that you can get your students to be more likely to be holding learning goals in your classroom, because these learning goals will in turn help get them more motivated. This week, I will be talking about what you can do with your grading and evaluation approaches that can help foster your students' learning goals. Past research suggests that Evaluation policies that are less harsh can help your students be more likely to endorse learning goals. 
And when I'm talking about harsh, I'm talking about grading policies that make students feel as though they cannot possibly succeed. So ways to make your grading policies less harsh include when you give out those grades, give your students an opportunity to improve on those grades. You can also conceptualize this in the way that you're assigning grades. What do you grade on? Do you always grade only on answers right? Depends on what kind of subject you're teaching or perhaps how your course is organized. But do you think it would be possible to reorganize just even one or two assignments in your class so that you could grade them to focus on how much effort your students are putting into and also how much individual improvement your students have been making. Now, I'm not saying that that you should only focus on effort and never on their ability to learn the material. When you start to assign grades in part due to the effort of your students and even better, the perceived development of your students, this helps your students really take on the goal of learning and understanding the material because this is what you're rewarding them for. You're rewarding them for their effort to understand the material and their improvement on understanding the material. Finally, something to keep in mind with your grading and evaluation approach is that it is important for you to communicate to your students that mistakes are a part of learning. We've all been there, and whenever we're learning something, especially something new, we're all prone to make mistakes or falter a bit. If you can build in any sort of policies, into your course that structurally demonstrates that mistakes are just a natural part of learning, this may also help your students take on more mastery goals. So for instance, if you, depending on the structure of your course, if you allow them to drop the lowest test grade, the lowest quiz grade, that would be a way of showing them that you believe that mistakes are just part of learning. But also you don't have to even be that extreme about it if you really aren't comfortable with that. So for instance, I have my students turn in discussion questions on on papers that they read for each class, but I give them two weeks of freebies for them to not have to turn in these discussion questions. Little freebies like this can help communicate to your students that mistakes are just a natural part of learning, whether it is because they didn't do well on a certain set of discussion questions or whether they just forgot to do them. You giving them some space to not always be penalized for bad performance can help communicate that your desire for them is to learn as opposed to just show that they're awesome. So for this week's teaching tweak, I implore you to try a strategy that actually combines all of these things that I've been talking about today that that use your grading and evaluation approaches to communicate to your students that what they should be really trying to do is learn and understand the material. Think about an assignment that you have in your class. Maybe it's big, maybe it's small. This might actually work on a bigger type assignment. Instead of just collecting the assignment once, consider getting drafts of this assignment throughout the class and giving your students feedback on these drafts. You can even grade these drafts and tell them, This is what grade you would receive if you turn this in in its current form 
as your final draft now. And if you're crunched for time, you yourself actually don't have to be the one giving them feedback. Consider having two due dates for an assignment. The first time should be a complete draft and students can bring it into class and they can pair with each other and give each other concrete feedback to each other and suggestions for how to improve and change. Then give your students the opportunity to act on this feedback to improve their final project or their final product, whatever it is, before turning it in to you. This should help communicate to your students that what they should be focusing on is really learning as opposed to making sure that they can just demonstrate that they have what it takes at the time. You can find the show notes for this episode, including all of the citations for the research that I'm talking about, at www.studentmotivationnation.com slash six. If you liked this episode, I hope you'll subscribe either on Google Play, iTunes, or Stitcher, and that you'll share us with a friend who also loves motivating their students. I hope you have a lovely week, and until then, I hope you get out there and educate and motivate. See you next time. Thank you for listening to the Student Motivation Nation podcast. You can find us on the web at www.studentmotivationnation.com. Hope to see you there.